0: Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability people have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jeehee Jolly. So before we jump into today's episode, I want to give a big congratulations to everyone who just completed February's 28-day chanting journey whether you did all 28 days or just some part of the month. We actually received quite a few voicemails and DMs from people who did the challenge about what they experienced through chanting. And I'm gonna play three of them for you today. The first is from someone who is brand new to chanting. The second is from someone who learned not to be hard on themselves if they miss chanting. And the third is from someone who decided to overcome procrastination.
1: Hi, ability people. I got invited by my dear friend Fernanda Kelly, um, and I'm really glad I, I got it in this disability journey. Uh, so far, like I focus my chanting on stop biting my nails and working on my short temper. And I've been doing really well. I'm really surprised what I got accomplished so far. I think first time in several years my nails are growing and I've been really like calm in different situations that before I was like really upset. I'm still working on it day by day and I discovered as well that I don't need to be in a quiet, quiet place to chant. I kind of uh, start doing it, and and I got really concentrated on it. Even if I have like noises or people around, doesn't bother me as much like before. So I'm really glad. I'm really glad I I'm doing this every day. And okay, I'm gonna keep doing it, and I hope more people join this too because it's a good it's a good experience. Thank you so much.
2: Today is day 26 of the Bootability Challenge and I started on day 11 and the thing that I am noticing and it's really glaring right now because it is 11.30 p.m. and um, I put off my practice of chanting all day and the same thing happened yesterday and I did not chant yesterday and the thing that i am noticing i really enjoy when i prior prioritize myself and because our practice reminds us that we win and that we are really shining forth our buddha nature when we chant i think there's also something in me that believes that i'm not winning and um that when i don't chant and so i'm releasing that story um, and my day just starts better. And it's. And I know this. But somehow in my mind, I will put myself last. I will do my work. I will answer calls. I will, you know, worry about bills. I will, you know, do everything um, as, as a priority. So uh, probably only maybe... Four or five of the days of this challenge, did I chant in the morning? And um, but I, I felt a huge difference because it, there was no stress lingering in my mind um, about, like, oh, you got to chant later, and um, and also just yeah, things were just beautiful and um, just work has been flowing and i didn't have to worry about paying my rent and so i'm so grateful and i want to just keep this going i feel so encouraged um, any day when a challenge came my way hello my name is crystal and what i take away from the challenge
3: is day 16 overcoming procrastination i'm a huge procrastinator myself and um, it takes a lot of energy for me to um, get things going. Um, I'm pretty sure majority of the people know, or you guys know <laughs> what I'm talking about. But um, in the past couple of months, I've been uh, suffering. I have a lot of challenges in my life. And I recently found out some devastating news. And seeing that, uh, seeing that email really lit a fire under me to um, sit in front of Gahonzon and chant Nami and and really get things going.
0: <laughs> we also got DMs that were so encouraging and I will read you a few. These are in answer to the question, what did you gain from chanting this month? I don't feel like I'm dependent on someone and I can do what I wanna do. My mood has improved and I'm feeling a little more confident. It taught me to be gentle with myself and believe I can do it. I've been able to handle my insecurities to some extent. My life is getting stronger. I've become less frustrated and a little more patient with my family. Chanting broadened my perspective. I could see things differently. It helped me support others and I bounced back from my lows much faster than before. So, now that February is over, our advice to you is to just keep going with daily chanting. We also have an exciting guide to starting your practice, which is exclusively for newsletter subscribers and it comes out this Friday. So, if you're not already subscribed, you can do so at buddhability.org. Now, let's hear part 2 of last week's episode where we're discussing what to expect from engaging in a Buddhist community. In part one, we met three friends who practice Buddhism in Oakland, Caitlin, Karina, and Jamila. And we heard Caitlin and Jamila's personal stories of engaging in community. Today, we're gonna share Karina's story, which is incredibly powerful, as well as ask all three of them for any advice that they would give to everyone who is new to chanting or just completed the 28-day Buddhability journey. Before we start, I will add a trigger warning, as Karina does speak about sexual assault. If you prefer to skip to the takeaways and advice section, just check the show notes for the timestamp. Now, let's meet Karina. I asked her not only how she started chanting, but what she was able to overcome through participating in a study
4: group with the other girls. So I got into Buddhism. Um, I graduated college from, from Fresno State in 2016. And um, I moved to Wenatchee, Washington, and I was part of the AmeriCorps, which is like a volunteer program, for like about 11 months. And it's like full time. And I was teaching ESL, English as a second language, to the migrant farm workers over there. And so it was actually my coworker who introduced me to this practice. Um, Her name was Marta, and I loved her. Like she can just come into the room and she would just be like this like vivacious, like soul, like just like a light. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to be that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And Martha was older. She was like 61. So it was just like, whoa. And I was like first time away from home. And we just had so much in common that we just grew this friendship. And she invited me to a meeting one day. She was like, hey, you know, um, if you want to come to a meeting read this beforehand and it was like the intro to buddhism book and i was like oh okay (laughs) what kind of meeting is this um so i went to a meeting and there was like seven people and they're like all older people they're like they've been practicing for like 30 plus years i'm telling you they're like 70 years old like it's just (laughs) like what am i going into you know and i'm sitting there and they're chanting and i remember thinking like this is kind of strange like, <laughs> there's just like all these people. And so it was so interesting to like see, hear namyo Horengekyo in unison. And as I like, they chanted and I tried chanting too, like something resonated with me. I can't explain, like, say, like, oh, aha, this is it. But inside, like, I felt it. I was like, whoa, this is powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, we then it became like an intro meeting. We were talking about like, what is Buddhism, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I read the book. <laughs> I kind of like, you know, like I get it. Cause and effect. Karma. Like I've heard these things before, right? And we're talking about nam myoho kyo and I will never forget this. One of the members who had been practicing for like 30 plus years, um, he told me he was like, you know, Karina, what do you have to lose? Like, try it for one month. Five minutes a day, every day, stare at a wall, pick up like pick a place and try it. What do you have to lose? And Mm -hmm. to me, I was like, Yeah, exactly. What do I have to lose? I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, Namiya wouldn't get killed. It's like no one's gonna know, you know? And um I tried it for a month and internally I felt like such such a shift. Mm -hmm. Like I felt stronger. And I was like, I'm going to continue doing this. I'm not sure like what this all means, but I'm going to continue because I like that feeling inside of me. And since mm-hmm. then, that was what, almost four, four years ago. So it's been a ride.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's also so funny to hear, or I mean, like so timely to hear that experience because we're in the middle of the bootability 30 or 28 day chanting challenge which is also an experiment and I like can't wait to hear people's experiences who've never done it and are doing it for the first time and um, thank you for sharing that
4: yeah it's definitely the 2016 bootability challenge back then
0: (laughs) yes Um, so then um, what was your kind of first experience like
4: kind of um, starting to participate more and more in the community honestly speaking So I practiced in Wenatchee, Washington. So it's a rural community. Um, So we had Mm -hmm. maybe, I saw seven. At most, I saw 15. So I had like a really, and these were older people. So it was like a really small, (laughs) very like just intimate. And so for seven months, I like practiced that way. And then Mm -hmm. I moved to San Francisco Peninsula area and my women's division or my women's division, my leader at that time, she was like, you know, get into everything that you can with the young women. And I was like, oh, there's like young women that practice this? Like, wait, it's not just like all old people. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, cool. So as I, <laughs> I, know. I was so fresh. Um, so I, as I moved to San Francisco, I was doing another AmeriCorps term and um, I met, all these young women. And I'm talking with young women from like teenagers to like 35, you know, just really practicing. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a community like of young people. Um <laughs> that we could talk about religion, <laughs> spirituality, our struggles, you know? And that's actually when I started really grappling with like what does the SGI community, like, what's the purpose of it? Because in my head, I'm like, oh, I have my practice, you know, like I'm doing good. Like, yeah, I get it. Like we work for others, but like, really, how does that, how does that play into my practice? Mm -hmm. You know? And it wasn't until I was asked um, to support other young women, like living around me that I had to really like I had to really grapple with that. I was like, I don't get it. Like, you know, I got my own problems. I was like overwhelmed with my own life. Like, and now like, you know, my faith, this, this organization is asking me to like support other people, like (laughs) for my happiness, you know? And to me, it was so like a strange notion, you know? Mm. And so I was really chanting about it and really like, asking people like that was the beginning of it was just asking people like what does this mean to you what does the sgi mean to you and for me it really hit that i was reading you know president ikeda's new human revolution volume one the first one right he talks about like his steps to like worldwide kosen rufu right peace and happiness for everyone and he talks about like i'm paraphrasing (laughs) But he he says like, you know, to cast off the shell of your small ego is Mm. actually by like altruistic causes, you know, like being a human and that means caring for other people. And in my head, like that just clicked because Mm. I don't like I want to be happy. And I don't want my ego like I see that I'm like, oh, my gosh, my yeah, my ego can get in the way. And that kind of stops things like I don't want to be trapped in a small ego, you know. So my head was like, oh, okay, so I need to do like altruistic actions. Got it. This is how I get rid of my ego. (laughs) Like, okay, so I went in with that notion like this is actually how I'm benefiting myself. And it actually is like a reminder every day when I'm doing it because sometimes it is tough. Like, you know, you're like so overwhelmed with your own life, like to support and care about another person. It just seems so like contrary, contrary, because you're like trying to swim. Right. You're like underwater. Like, how am I going to do this? Mm -hmm. And it's in those actions, though, like I'm swimming like and I'm drowning. I feel like I'm drowning when I start like reaching out to my community, participating like just going to meetings or talking to other like young women, that's when I really see the breakthrough for me because it takes me out of my ego. It takes me out of my small, like everything that's happening in my life. And I actually see other people struggling, like they're struggling hard with whatever they're going through in their life. And I'm like, Whoa, I'm actually not alone in this suffering. And by their like sharing of their struggle, like I'm encouraging you know, like myself, like, oh my God, that person is like really going through it. Like I can do this too,
0: you know? Wow. Yeah. That's such an interesting, um, interesting experience and also relatable at the same time. It also makes me think, um, like a number of episodes ago, um, it might have been our second episode. I interviewed, um, a therapist and they, uh, also practiced Buddhism. And like one thing that stayed with me from that conversation was this, um, this comment that he made that like in and I had asked this question of like sometimes when we um like socialize a lot or we give to other people like you can feel so drained at the end of the day and but it's kind of like in in our Buddhist community it's different it's like a way to fill up your cup and so I was just trying to understand that better and he explained that like when we feel drained it's because we're not being our authentic self because like repression, is exhausting. But like, you shouldn't feel kind of like drained at the end of like being in community or social interaction mm-hmm. if you're able to 100% authentically be yourself, mm-hmm. which really changed like so much of how I chant about not just like in. The, my buddhist practice but like in my daily life like how i interact with other people and i like literally started chanting like i want to be myself before i do x like before each and everything that i do and it really has made such a huge difference like you know what i mean so just an aside but that's also like um i feel like it's a version of what you're describing of you take full responsibility and then you chant about it like
4: whatever comes up mm-hmm. and i love the fact too it's like you know This organization is not like a boundaryless thing. You know, people are not asking you to like sell your soul for world (laughs) peace and happiness. You know what I mean? I had to struggle with that because like, I feel like I'm myself, I'm very much like a giver. I like, I can give, 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 but giving to myself is actually very difficult. I actually like asked my community, like, I'm tired. Like, how can I, how can I move forward and still make causes for my life and still be part of the community and you know, all that stuff. And, you know, the guidance that I got was that it's like our role in this life is for happiness for ourselves and others by encouraging them with our life that they can move their life whichever way that they want to. And she told me, she's like, that's the boundary in itself. You're not saying I'm going to fix you and take care of you. No, no, no. You're saying like, I'm ha- I'm working on my happiness. This is how I work on my happiness. And you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And there lies the boundary. And for me, that like changed my whole like perspective on this. Because it's no longer giving just to give or to see some benefit. It really is like, I'm going to give with my whole being within my boundaries because I'm also thinking of myself you know because our lives are valuable and I think that's so key to know that like this is this is not something where like people are going to be pushing you to just like go Mm -hmm. yes people will like encourage you to face what you need to face in your life but it's always going to be like within your limits where you're at do your best right there and that's what I really appreciate about
0: yeah, totally. That's really well said. It makes me think of um, like, how do you say it's almost like a, like a team individual sport, like, you know, like, like running, like if you're on a running team, I don't know if we have ever run, I used to run. It's that like, you have to work on your form and your endurance and your, your own, it's your race at the end of the day. But then you're part of a team of people that are also doing it. And sometimes you come together for competitions. sometimes it's your race and everyone has their own race. Um, but yeah, it's like, I mean, it's so much better than training alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. So okay, so why don't we I feel like we've been kind of talking in broad strokes about the kind of experience of community. Um, but why don't we talk about like a specific example, you recently participated in a young woman's study group. And like, what did you bring to it or or gain from it or kind of what was
4: your own experience like? So I'm in chiropractic school right now. And I think I was in my second quarter, third quarter, something like that. And so this was like middle of the pandemic as well. So I'm like at home and just chanting and just like figuring out like, how am I going to move forward with my life or what do I need to move forward with my life? And so what I decided as I was going into this, this, study group midway through, I think I realized like, Oh my gosh, I know what I'm challenging with this group and like what I want to transform. So for myself, you know, my first three years of practice were very like tumultuous. Like it was just like a lot of things are like happening. Mm -hmm. And it was such an, like, it was indicative of how much I wasn't valuing my life. Like so, so many things that just were like mirrors of like me devaluing myself Hmm. was happened. Right. And then finally 2020 hits and I'm like, oh, I'm actually okay. Like everything that, that craziness of my first three years of practice is like, I, I chose myself. I chose to value myself and I shifted like my whole environment in that sense. And Hmm. so I was really ready at this point to face like the really dark, dark parts of my past that I have like repressed. And so I just decided that through my Buddhist practice, like I'm actually going to confront the sexual trauma that I have repressed for like about 21 years. And it was so hard. <laughs> it was so hard to, like, how am I going to face this with my Buddhist practice? You know, like, who do I talk to about this? Who do, you know, I feel like this is a very touchy subject. People can get triggered. And also like, you know, in my head, I was like, I don't want to damper people's moods. Like, this is like a legit, like for me in my head, I'm like, how do you talk about being sexually assaulted? Like just on a Monday call, you know, like to me it was just like, mm-hmm. oh no, like I, I can't. And I decided though I was going to do it because my life was ready. My, it made sense. Like these three years of like, just, Whoa, craziness has really been the landing point for me, or like the foundation for me to really believe in myself that like I can actually face this because I faced a lot of stuff. And now it's time to really dig deep in this. And so as I was starting this um, you know, young women's group, I was really struggling with it. I actually opened up to them. These are the first young women that I opened up to about this. And At first, it was kind of just like putting it out there like, yes, like, you know, I – this is my karma. I'm not really, like, understanding it. But it came to a point in my life that I had been, like, facing it for, like, months now that I – was so overwhelmed with the amount of pain and like suffering of just like reliving it and just going through like the shame and guilt that it came to a point that literally midway through, I was like, I really need to talk to this. Like I need to talk this out loud because it's stuck in here and I'm not like, even though I'm chanting and I'm doing my stuff, I feel like I'm at a wall. Like, that's what I felt. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was at a wall and I didn't know how to move forward. And I was just really struggling with like, how can I embody a mission or how can I love myself or how can I be happy when I've like, how do you deal with happiness and being violated? Like, how do you, how do you work with that? And I opened up in the study group and it was very hard I started crying. Like, I'm talking like tears, waterworks. Like, it was just so intense. And I saw, I saw like guidance. Like, I don't know how to move forward and I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. And my whole like group of women around me was just like, You're amazing. You can do this. Like, this is your mission. And the advice that i was given was yes this is my mission you know this happened in my life i can't i can't erase that right but i can change my perspective on it just just
0: to to ask cuz i don't know that people will understand the word mission
4: yeah what do you mean by that so there's this concept a concept the concept that you know everyone has a mission everyone who's here on this earth has a mission the mission is yours uniquely, but it is to be happy, you know, with mm. this, through chanting Nam-myoho-renge-kyo. And the question is, it's like, how can we be happy then with all of our sufferings that were going on, right? Like, that's where we're really trying to establish, like, this, like, absolute happiness. Like, how, like, in my head that I asked myself, how can I be happy knowing that I am, like, a sexual abuse victim? Like, mm. you know, in my head, I was like, what? Mm
1: -hmm. How is that
4: possible? You know, it it made no sense. And so I was really seeking that, like, how can this be my mission? Like, I don't, like, I don't get it. I know that this happens to other, like, women in general, men, anyone. I just don't know how to, like, use my practice in this. And so there's this concept of voluntarily, voluntarily assuming your appropriate karma. So, of course, we can go into like the, like, the very like in-depths of it, but I'm going to just like very like yeah. simply say it. How I envision in my head is like we inherently are all Buddhas, right? We are totally capable. We're totally endowed, period. So then – Millions and millions and millions of years ago, right? We're like Buddhas. Like, just imagine us getting lunch. You know, we're going out (laughs) to the cafeteria. This is what I talk to myself in my head. You know, I'm like in the lunch line, trying to figure out like what I want, right? And Shaka Buddha, the original Buddha that everyone's like original, like knows what Buddha means. You know, he like comes up to me and he's like, Karina, I got a mission for you. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) what is this mission? You know? And he lays it out like. This is the mission that you can choose to be born back into as a human so you can show other people how to be happy with everything. So the voluntarily assuming appropriate karma is you choosing every aspect of your life because you believe in yourself. You believe in your capacity to overcome it. And two, the immense compassion that you have for all the other people that are suffering. That was the advice that i got via zoom with my like crying bawling my eyes out and it struck my life because i realized like how powerful i am and all these women around me were just the mirrors to say yeah karina you are powerful this is your mission you know like look how compassionate you were all these other people are suffering with maybe the same kind of karma You can now speak to them and be like, girl, boy, person, you can be happy. Yes, that may happen. Karina, yes, you may have been violated like no other. but You can be happy and you can overcome this. And for me, this was like the first time I was like, whoa, like it clicked. Like this organization is, yes, an organization. But to me, how I see it, it's like, it's like a plateau you know when, you're, when you were talking about like like running but like working out when you're working out you got your routine going on you're eating well you're like working out three times a day but then your muscles kind of hit a plateau mm-hmm. and you're not like either you're not losing weight or you're not gaining weight or whatever right you're just like coasting so mm-hmm. what do you do well you have to change things up in your life maybe i need to eat something different maybe my workouts need to be a little varied so it's the same thing with the SGI. It's like when you're going through something, you're struggling, struggling, you could try to f- work it out here and you chant and you study and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then you still hit a wall and you're like, what can I do? <laughs> you know, That's the change is like sharing, seeking mm-hmm. guidance, going mm-hmm. into the community to break through because they have a different perspective that maybe you're not seeing. That's there that you just don't see. And that's exactly what, like, this community does. This is what, like, these younger women were doing. It's like, Kriya, you don't see your own capacity. I'm going to tell you that you are 100% in doubt. Because when I tell you that, I'm telling myself that too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You are all just mirrors of, like, my highest self. And it's saying, like, go, go, go. And, like, we'll root for you. And with these women, it was just so encouraging to see the amount of love and care and appreciation for being vulnerable and holding Mm. that space to be vulnerable. It has literally changed my life.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank (laughs) you so much for sharing that. That's like incredibly personal and incredibly profound as well. Um, Do you mind my asking, where, where are you sort of with it now? Or like, were you able to take some kind of action differently because you were able to kind of hear that encouragement and and feedback from everybody as you were chanting about it? And like, how are you chanting about it now?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it really impacted my whole life. Like it went to the core of everything that I was struggling with. And the action that I took was really just chanting. Do I believe that I have a mission here? Do I believe that I'm capable enough to overcome this? This is something I will struggle with for likely the rest of my life. You know, it, it, a lot of trauma and just a lot of it. And there's days that I just don't know how I'm going to move forward. And there's some days that it's like really clear. The thing mm-hmm. that's keeping me going forward is my own practice is my own practice of chanting because I'm ingraining in myself when I chant that I am valuable, that I am capable, that I can do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have that hope that like, I can, I can be happy, you know? And I owe it to myself and all the women around me. Of course, this is not like, you know, magic. It just so happens that all the women around me, like my personal close women, have also been assaulted. And the more that I speak up about this, the more that it almost, it's like giving them permission, like they give themselves their own permission to speak about it and to live fully embodied. So the more that I'm doing it, I'm like, I may not be feeling so great, but I am going to be happy in this situation because the next person that I meet that may have gone through this, they're gonna be like, damn, I can do that too for my life. Last year,
0: Karina was able to totally transform her perspective on her past experiences and open up to so many more people in her life. Caitlin built up the courage to leave her job and started her own company, aligned with the teaching philosophy she believes in. And Jamila was able to turn around her work and housing situations and, in fact, joined the call from a much needed vacation with her children. So let's go back to them for some takeaways and advice on how to get the most out of your Buddhist community or find one if you're new. So I'm just um, wondering um, if you had to say one thing that you have personally gained over time or recently doesn't matter like from being part Mm. of a community and like being in dialogue with these different kinds of people what would that be like what's the thing that you feel like you've been able to gain Mm. seeing
5: other people do it it yeah is is so encouraging and with this group specifically too i mean hearing other young women's experiences using this Buddhism and, and challenging their lives. I mean, I, I I was so inspired by both Karina and Jamila just being so open. And when and when someone else does it, it's like your your example inspires somebody else to do it. And so I'm sure I've done that for other people at times. But there are times where I need that encouragement from from the people that I practice with <laughs> and there were definitely times where I felt like I wanted to hide and I just I don't want I don't want to do it um but but seeing other people's courage almost gives me more accountability mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. not give up mm-hmm. on myself mm-hmm. and, and breaking through yeah I think the accountability has been really really huge for me among tons of other things but yeah.
3: And then also having this group chat and having, um, you know, the ladies like tap in whenever they were starting to chant or whenever they were having an issue that maybe they wanted us to chant about. Um, That really helped too. And it was like, oh, okay. Well, Karina's starting at 6.45 in the morning. I was like, let me go ahead and try to hop on at seven o'clock and, you know, get my day started right along with her. So just to know that other people like, because at first it was like, oh, chanting by myself, like, yeah, it's okay, but I really do enjoy doing this practice with others. So even though I can't be with them in person, just to know that we're all kind of on yeah. the same page and supporting each other, um, yeah, it just has really helped me be more consistent in my practice and holding myself accountable for what I do with my practice.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm just, yeah. again, I'm thinking this episode is coming out at the end of the week. And this is actually the end of the 28-day bootability chanting journey um, where a lot of people, yeah, have chanted for the first time ever for 28 yeah. days. They probably don't totally yeah. even understand, like, anything about the practice yet. Yeah. But we get tons of DMs from <laughs> listeners. Um, people have, like, been sending in voice memos of, like, how much they're already starting to see changes in, like, their anxiety or their oh anger. Or, like, those kinds of things. Congratulations, right? yeah. everybody. And so, Woo! <laughs> so I'm wondering if you could, yes. like, offer one piece of advice about practicing Buddhism um, to people who maybe are in that place right now. Like, okay, I just did this 28-day thing. Like, what do I do next? Or you know what I mean? Um, just thinking back through your own practice, mm-hmm. what would you, like, any kind of piece of advice about practicing Buddhism, what's one thing that, like, you'd want to share? And I'll ask each of you guys that, whoever... Uh, Whoever wants to start.
5: I mean, this community is incredible. And I think what I've learned is that yes, ultimately you are in charge of your own life and you don't have to go it alone. Because there are times where you feel really, you know, knocked down by the challenges that your life is bringing to you. And the, the friendship and the camaraderie that I have gained, this, this, the, the warmth that we talked about earlier, um, is, is unparalleled here in this community. That, that you can meet people that you, you would not have contact with otherwise. But the common thread Mm -hmm. in this particular organization is that everyone is rooting for you. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. have never quite experienced that level of respect for my life from, from other people. And so when I, I, when I feel that from from people in this community and and you know a specific experience recently is that you know I was diagnosed with with COVID-19 I you know I had a positive test result and and I got I was I was pretty sick. I did not have a, a a very debilitating case, but it was it was still a real challenge. And to and you know, as a single parent having having my kids at home, I was really struggling in the in the day-to-day just kind of getting through the day and supporting my kids. But I was getting messages every day from people that I had practiced with, some of them from 10 years ago, who had heard that that I had gotten sick, and so lots of people reaching out saying Caitlin I'm I'm rooting for you please feel better I'm chanting for you and and their kindness and care gave me the strength to continue the the people that we meet in in these activities want you to be victorious through the struggles they want your struggle victories right and they mm-hmm. and they really <laughs> truly mean it. The sincerity is off the charts. And so I th- mm-hmm. I think my, you know, then to wrap all of that up, my advice is it's like, if you're really looking for connection to yourself and other people, this is an unparalleled community to learn how to do that sustainably and joyfully, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. when it gets hard, it, mm-hmm. it becomes your greatest, mm-hmm. um, you, yeah. <laughs> like your greatest friends and the thing that you look forward to in the mm-hmm. week that oh, I got to share with people or I got to reach out to people because you know you'll be embraced.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a challenge mm. sometimes. Like I would say during this, during the study group, there were times where I did not want to go to the meeting and I was just in my own, <laughs> you know, like little negative space or I'm like, I just don't want to, I don't feel like sharing or, or talking, or or being encouraged, or you know. But I I knew that I had made a commitment to them and a commitment mm-hmm. to myself, and so I did go. And you know, sometimes I would tell you, i will be like, "Girl, I did not want to come to this meeting, but right. I'm so glad I did because I feel refreshed and I feel inspired and so much better." Oh, so yeah. I would say yeah. to I would mm-hmm. say to to the boys, girls, men, and women who just completed this 28 day challenge or just started um you know practicing buddhism chanting is to just keep going it doesn't matter how much you do during the day it matters about the consistency so even if you're able to only and think of it as taking time out for yourself you're chanting for yourself and for others but this is kind of like your self-care moment too so whether it's two minutes five minutes an hour whatever time you have for yourself to do this practice keep on doing it even if you feel like you're not getting the benefit that you're you know looking for or you're not or things are just not going the way you think they're supposed to be going trust me they are. trust me they are the universe <laughs> the universe is putting everything in your path for you that's supposed to be there and so if you give up halfway down the path or a third, you're never you're not going to get the result that you that you that you want or desire or that is correct for you because sometimes when you think you're winning this whatever it is that you think you're going to win may not be winning for you in the long run. It 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 might you might actually end up losing for winning. And mm-hmm. so that's to say you have to keep going no matter what and you're off, you're going to feel good no matter what even if you're you're mad when you're chanting if you're crying when you're chanting if you're cussing somebody out in your head while you're chanting <laughs> if you have these negative thoughts in your head while you're chanting just do it i tell my friends my son that my sons that all the time i'm like just do it like that's all you can do and that's one thing i learned from my youngest son is he he will chant no matter where we are. He'll just like bust out with it. And that's one thing that I was sharing. I and too, with yes. Caitlin, I was like, I forget that you can chant anywhere it's at true. any time. It doesn't matter. So just keep keep challenging yourself to do it morning and evening. One minute, five minutes, mm-hmm. just do it. Like Nike, just do it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, love it. <laughs> so the advice that I'd like to give is actually advice that I received from my community. Um, and, and it was recently, and it was really to have an, have an ideal version of yourself that you need, Hmm. need to be, you know? And when I think about need, I think about in the sense of like, I need air, I need water, like things I need to survive, Mm. you know, or to live. Mm. And, I've kind of started thinking in that sense of, if I need this, how do I look at my life that way? So if when I'm, you know, done living this life, I don't regret, like not Mm -hmm. living the way that I want to live. And so, you know, I was really encouraged to have this ideal version that you need to be with no regrets. And really go for it, chant about that so that when things come up, you're not even bothered. You're so focused on exactly what you want to be so that it's your happiness. You know, I. it really hit me. I'm like, that's what we're here for. And intertwined with that, you know, as you're moving forward in your chanting journey, you know, part of this, this Buddhism is these three pillars, you know, and I love lists. So this is why I go back to this, you know, faith, practice and study. Three (laughs) lists. It's like a checkmark system. You know, faith, (laughs) right? Faith. Do I believe in myself? Always the answer is yes, no matter what. It may look real muddy right now, but I believe in myself. Practice, you know, am I, am, am I practicing, you know, it's kind of like a checklist to remember, am I, you know, chanting morning and evening, and am am I also like practicing for others, am I, how am I adding to the value of my community, the people around me, you know, how am I making those causes, and then study, am I studying, am I trying to really understand how I can apply this in my daily life. And so every time like I am struggling in whatever realm, I always go back to this checklist. Maybe sometimes I'm doing more of the number one than number two, you know, and it really keeps me aligned to keep going forward. Okay. This is the recipe. All right. What parts do I need to add? What parts do I need to subtract? Is it too salty? Is it too sweet? You know? Mm-hmm kind of mm. thing so that's that would be my advice wow that was amazing advice all yeah. of you <laughs>
0: i feel like actually that's like um this is what a buddhist discussion meeting feels like this conversation so right true. <laughs> so for anyone who's never <laughs> been <Yep>. to one <laughs> so true. basically it's just people talking on zoom these days not this kind of stuff. <laughs> man i just yeah,
5: <laughs> but I just emojis. I just also have to reiterate I I had said this to Jihi in, in my part of the interview but but Jamila and Karina I just really want to thank you for for coming to these meetings um and really inspiring me to get real with myself um and and so I I just feel so so grateful that we were studying together at the same time and it was. You really the two of you both gave me such courage to just like Karina was talking about like set really big goals for myself, it sometimes feels like I can only make it to Mm -hmm. the next day or maybe to the end of the week but, but through both of your examples, I, I was able to truly expand my vision for myself and then getting to mm-hmm. share it with both of you and and have you be so excited and then actually like take action on it you know i felt like i got such energy from being <laughs> in sisterhood with you both and i'm i'm just so profoundly grateful that we were together at this time and and then and again in in a couple of years if we hear that one or the other is going to be struggling we like I got you, I'm chanting for you. You're it's like, what do you need? How can I help you? You know, that bond is, is real. And oh, yeah,
3: yeah, it's definitely like lifelong, life changing yeah. and lifelong oh. for sure, Yeah, for sure. Like, thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Karina. Thank you to the community, everybody for real. Like, I mean, like I have really been blessed and protected throughout this whole pandemic And it was really a blessing to have this group during the pandemic, Um, you know, with just everything that's going on and us being, you know, quarantined and whatnot. This was really like, you know, like one of those lifesavers they throw out. You're like waiting in the pool, trying to tread water and somebody throws something out to save you. (laughs) That's what it is. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, if somebody in the community asks you to, you know, participate in some type of activity, say yes. It can really ultimately ultimately only enhance your life and this did on so many levels like i was not even prepared (laughs) for
0: all of the greatness that came along with it so we hope this was helpful for everyone who's been curious about the buddhist community if want to get connected to your local neighborhood group just send us an email at connect at sgi-usa.org also a reminder to definitely subscribe to our newsletter which is on the very bottom of the site for resources inspiration and a new guide to getting started with buddhism that's coming out this friday march 5th exclusively for subscribers that's all for today and we'll see you next week